Welcome to the MLS Net Boys podcast for episode 23, the MLS Net Boys show. My name's Jacob, and Chase is with me as always. How's it going, man? First week of League's Cup in the books. It was... I'm glad it's finally started because I was getting sick of that stupid commercial on Season Pass on Apple TV where it was like, this is our culture, this is our rivalry, and it's like that <laughs> music in the background, and it's just generic soccer clips. Like, I love MLS. I hate all of their promotions they do. They always just make me cringe. They never seem cool, but I, I've kind of never been a fan of like a lot of like soccer promotions. Like Even when I watch... like premier league stuff the only one i've ever been a fan of was the ted lasso promotion and that was just because it was like well done it was funny it wasn't just like irrelevant clips where the one time you see the timbers it's just the timbers army because there's no like clips of like soccer to show us but right i an honorable mention is kind of similar when nbc sports got the premier league rights in america i don't know if you remember this one but it was just like a, a sea of bald English dudes in a crowd and they're just chanting and just pointing furiously at the camera going Premier League on NBC Premier <laughs> just faster and faster and then the logo just fades in and that was the end of the commercial that was it that sounds horrible that sounds like a like a like a terrible dream that sounds like a, like something I would dream where I'm just standing in the field and they're just pointing at me yelling something that I'm insecure about like the Premier League on NBC <laughs> Do you remember the, did you ever see the commercials? I think it was ESPN where they would have like different athletes or like uh, mascots just like in the office. Yeah. The, this is sports center ones. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool to see MLS do that with like all the different mascots, (laughs) like Timber Joey, like sawing somebody's desk in half or something. (laughs) That's a good one. We should, they should hire us for some, for some PR for that. MLS hire us. Anyway, we're going to do a bit of a different episode since League's Cup has officially kicked off. Um, I've had some time to watch some games, a couple match days. Um, we're not going to go over every game that has occurred since this is World Cup style. There's games, multiple games almost every day. We're just going to talk about a few key things that have happened around the league and then a couple other talking points and do our predictions. It'll be a bit of a shorter, a little bit of a... A snack-sized MLS Net Boys show. Fun size. It's going to be like a fun size Snickers bar. So, League's Cup, let's... Should we explain what the heck this even is? If you're a European fan... I mean, even if you're an MLS fan, this is a brand new I feel thing. like people went into this still not knowing how it was formatted. Like, I was just talking with a couple friends recently, actually, about, like, how it's formatted and, like, all the different, like, weird rules around it and everything, but... Yeah, essentially, League's Cup is a World Cup-style competition that uh, both Liga MX and MLS took a break for a month. It just started. It's going to be a month-long break. They have... I don't even know how many groups there are. There's 50... So how it works is there's 47 teams, which is an ugly number. 18 from Liga MX, 29 from MLS. Nice. The champion... The reigning champ from each league gets like a bye to the first round, so that leaves 45 teams, and then it's 15 groups of three. Yes. So it's groups of three, whereas the World Cup is traditionally groups of four. Um, top two teams go through yep. in each group, 
So that would leave 32 plus the the bye week teams after this first round of play. Yes. And to solve the issue of two teams playing each other on the final match day and having the opportunity for both of them to go through and not providing an entertaining match, um, MLS or, you know, League's Cup, they came up with the rule that each game, um, if there is a tie, goes straight to penalties. And... um, both teams for getting the tie automatically get one point, and then whoever wins the penalty shootout gets a second point. Um, so this kind of makes sure that there's no scenario where on the final day, um, you know, the last two teams are playing against each other. Then they both are basically through. If they get a draw, they don't just go out there and pass the ball around uh, because they're going to end up going to a penalty shootout, and there's going to be some sort of winner there. Right. Um, so. A lot of people when this was announced, so this kind of, this is actually technically a continuation of a tournament that's existed the last like two, three, I think it started the year before COVID and then went on pause, but it was before it was such an arbitrary thing. It was like four to six or something like that. Just random MLS teams would play against some league mx teams they didn't say how they picked those mls teams or league mx teams and they just randomly played each other like one game each and then they would just move on and so a lot of fans were pretty much calling it a glorified cash grab friendly tournament because we already have the champions league and this was just a nothing burger where nobody nobody knows how teams get in it's just a dumb thing but now it's taken this big step. We've got all the teams from both leagues, and it's been exciting in my opinion. I think my favorite thing about this is in the past we've seen matchups between League MX or MLS, and uh, it's always been the top teams from those leagues. You know, best performing teams in each league end up meeting in CONCACAF or in some other situation. But I think what's most exciting about this is you're seeing like these mid-tier and like lower level clubs match up. Like you see like a Mazatlan, FC. Mazatlan who I think hasn't they've been like bottom of the league. I don't think they've won a home game in like a year or away game in like a year and a half. And then they go to like Q2 Stadium and they beat Austin FC 3-1. So it's really cool seeing um these matchups between these teams that usually wouldn't get an opportunity. And then also some of the newer teams in MLS who don't have the history, um, you know, where they wouldn't have been provided that opportunity for another five, six years of, you know, continued success. So that's, what's most exciting about it for me. Um, I really look forward to like the inner, like the interleague, like matches, the, the matches that are just MLS teams. I'm definitely not really tuning in for. Yeah, I was actually at the Timbers-San Jose game, and it was formatted so weird. So, like, for example, like, the National Anthem, which they don't really do across the world. You know, they don't normally sing that. But in MLS, and domestic leagues, they always sing it, like, right before the game when all the players are on the pitch and they've walked out, you know, with the little mascot kids by their side. They sang the National Anthem 10 minutes before kickoff, just when nobody was on the field and then there was like eight more minutes of just nothing and then san jose walked out completely by themselves and then they like stood there for like a minute and like we were supposed to clap for them and then portland walked out by themselves and they were supposed to we were supposed to clap for them and then they had this like statement which was like the anti 
discriminatory chants and fan behavior stuff, but I was reading about this online. So since all these games are in America or Canada, they're all hosted by MLS teams. It said all of these games are supposed to be at a quote unquote neutral zone. So any goals, any like PA things in the stadium, any highlights are supposed to be like a neutral base thing, not just like where you're your home team stadium and they kind of bias and hype up their own team. And it was really weird seeing that, especially for another MLS team, not even a League MX team. It was weird. That's an interesting choice because if they truly wanted to commit to that, they would just like like take like the Timbers group and they would just have them play like in LA or something, or they'd have them play like in Texas, you know, make all three of those teams go somewhere else. But I think they know they can't do that because they wouldn't get any attendance for any of these games. So it's a weird choice that they're trying to force it to be a neutral thing. But also at the same time, I don't think anybody knows that. Like you had to go research that after being at the game and like realizing something's weird about it. It was very confusing. And for me, that's my biggest problem so far is the fact that, and we know why they're doing this, having all the home game, having all the games in, you know, MLS stadiums, it's just mainly a money thing. But for me, that's the biggest lack of credibility um, to take this thing like as seriously as I could. And I think most fans will be, but the fact that no Liga MX team gets to host, I think is pretty criminal. Yeah, really unfortunate for them. And it kind of, it makes you wonder how the, you know, the future looks like the longevity of a competition like this. I mean, even when you saw like the Liga MX All-Stars against uh, MLS All-Stars, it was hosted in, you know, in the US both times. And kind of interesting that you don't see any like interleague play other than CONCACAF, like Champions League that goes down there. Um, like you said, obviously it's like for a money thing and I'm sure MLS is the driving force behind these competitions. And I mean, we do have more teams, so there's a lot of factors to it. It makes sense, but it is really unfortunate for those league MX teams not to be able to like play in front of their fans. And it makes me really curious, like what those fans in Mexico think of this competition or if they even really care about it at all. I was going to say it brings back like a bigger point for me, which is like, I feel the worst for these like fans in Mexico who it's like their their local clubs are doing this exciting competition where they're you know playing like a, a World Cup style thing and you've got all these different teams you could play against and every single game is just in a different country. And for me it's like the same thing with kind of with the national team, Mexican national team. They're playing I saw a stat which was like they've only played 9 home games out of a possible I don't know how many I want to say it was in like the 30s of their games like at home and it was all like it was all World Cup qualifiers which they have to obviously except for one friendly they played but the rest was all in America and I feel bad for those home fans like who don't get to see their team play as much now yeah I mean it's it's really sad and it's unfortunate and I mean it's kind of also i mean like i said there's a lot of factors to it because you also have to think there's a lot more like uh like mexican immigrants that come to the u.s so there's probably a bigger presence of those fans here than there is like american fans in mexico but that's not to say that you know a lot of american fans couldn't travel down there so 
a lot of a lot of factors but i would like to see if the you know this competition continues in the future maybe there's it's spread out and there's some games that are hosted in mexico and you spread the competition out over two months and you let people travel or i mean it doesn't even have to be that long i mean we're gonna host the world cup across three countries next uh next world cup cycle so why can't we be hosting these like club games like that anyways so that's my biggest gripe with it overall it's been an exciting first round there's one thing we got to talk about obviously that happened i was gonna say what was your most exciting moment from this past week of games i have mine (laughs) i we'll talk about the messy thing in depth in a second here but I want to... Who? <laughs> the Argentine... Uh, Hani Mukhtar? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a classic no-context MLS post right there, <laughs> for those of you who know. But, no, there were some other crazy was, things that happened. I was going to say, aside from the Messi game, because obviously that's going to take all the headlines, but what else like just jumps out to you as like, your moment of the week? Vancouver hosted Club Leon. Is that what you're going to bring up? I was going to say that one. That was a nuts penalty shootout. I was going to say, first of all, shout out to Vancouver for like playing, holding their own against the, the CONCACAF champions, Club Leon, and losing an absolute heartbreaker in penalties. It was, I think, 16 to 15, the final penalty score. So that's like three <laughs> that's plus nuts. rounds. That's nuts. That's such a long penalty shootout. I saw Luis Martins, the Vancouver, I think, fullback or midfielder, miss two penalties in the shootout. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the few players in history oh to have that gosh. accolade. But that, for me, was the wildest one. Uh, Kansas City versus Cincinnati was pretty wild. It was 3-3. Um, 98th minute equalizer for Cincy. Another PK shootout. Um you know my favorite game, actually, other than the Timbers game? RSL 3-0 over Seattle. Ooh. Especially after they were up 2-0 and they get a red card in the 60th minute. And then they go on to score like just a dagger into the heart of all Seattle fans in the 88th minute. That was awesome. RSL is looking like a scary, scary team to come up against. That was an awesome game as a Timbers fan. Um, the club... Um, not club. Yeah, the Philly versus Club Tijuana game was pretty wild, too. It was, like, a pretty feisty encounter. I believe there was... So it was, like, Philly went up, and Tijuana is actually not a very good club, I believe, in form this year. And Philly goes up, like, 2-1 or 2-0, I think, and then Tijuana, like, claws back, and they have the chance to tie it with a penalty kick. Andre Blake saves it. Philly gets another goal. Um, That was an exciting one. You know what's kind of funny? I was just looking at this. One of the guys who got a red card for Tijuana is one of the guys I signed in our FM save. <laughs> Who's that? Kevin Belanta. I have no idea who that is. Like young uh, D-mid. Respect. That's a good shot. I didn't know who he was either until <laughs> I scouted him in FM. Um, and then lastly, I didn't really want to talk about this one, but it was so interesting to me. New York City FC hosted Atlas, another Liga MX club. I think this was a rematch of the the Campeones Cup in like 2021 or 2022, like which that's another just random offshoot tournament <laughs> that was made between these leagues where the champion of each league just plays each other. 
But so it was kind of a feisty game, but Atlas won, and there was this they like robbed New York City. Yeah, but then Atlas felt like they were like first of all they won the game, right? They had an, a goal that should have been offsides or something like that, or shouldn't have been offsides that got disallowed. The admin on their Twitter like posted this quote like comparing like the refereeing decisions to like nazism or something like that did you read about that <laughs> i saw something about that briefly and i just did not have time to really read into it so i was just like that's a nuts headline i thought it was just gonna be some like fake news thing i was like i'm not gonna read that so which is obviously a terrible thing but some poor referee's just doing his job and he makes a wrong call and some entire team is calling him a nazi that's nuts which the team apologized for but that happened there was a lot of players who went on like twitter and were criticizing refs which for me all of those things show that like these teams actually care about this thing it's not just some crapshoot tournament where bruce arena is playing college guys and not even showing up at the game but well isn't there a Concacaf like champions league spot on the line for whoever wins it there's there's three actually so top two you know, the two finalists get a champions league spot and then I think the third place game winner gets a Champions League spot. And yeah, then... so I mean, this this is a game that when you look at some of the teams around the league that are in the playoff picture but might not re- have, like, really high hopes for winning the cup. Um, for example, like in Austin, I would have said in RSL, but RSL is looking like a really good, like, cup contender. But some of those teams... You know, they may have had, like, a rough season so far, and they might see this as an opportunity to, like, get themselves into the Champions League in a much, I wouldn't say easier, but in a much more, like, unconventional route rather than, like, having to go through, like, MLS Cup and, like, win the Cup to be able to make it. Um, So, I don't know. It's an exciting competition overall. I agree. So, let's talk about the biggest, biggest moment of the weekend. Lionel Messi's inner Miami debut. Man is the goat. That is that was nuts. That was absolutely nuts. I don't even, I don't even have words for it. He's just so good. It was surreal as me and Chase, you know, longtime MLS fans, decade plus, seeing this league and then just seeing Lionel Messi on an MLS team in a competitive game, especially after he just won the World Cup. Like, it's not like he's, you know, washed at this point at all. And you could just see the quality. Like, we've never had a player like that just in a game on an MLS team. And, yeah, game's tied 1-1 after Messi comes on around the 65th minute. Free kick at the death, and he just ices it, and the crowd goes nuts. Absolutely insane. I mean, do you see just, like the type of presence that he's going to bring to these games. Like I didn't think I, I, I just didn't expect how many people were going to be there. Like I knew he was going to pack out stadiums, but then seeing like Kim Kardashian, like LeBron James, like all these people were there. I saw like, you know, Billy Wingrove from the F2 freestylers. Yeah, dude, Billy and Jezza. Yeah. Well, they've, they've since split up, but uh, like he was there like pitch side. Like there was a bunch of like Speed. content creators and like, yeah, there's a lot of people there. So it's just, I, that was like a aspect of this move that I didn't think about. That was like, 
how much global attention MLS is going to get, not only from like people who are like Messi fans, but just people who like follow these other celebrities, like somebody who's like a basketball fan that doesn't care about soccer, but sees like a clip of like LeBron James, like hugging Messi and like adding a Miami game is just kind of crazy. It's just going to launch us into like such a global like sphere. Now it really, you got to tip the cap to MLS because the trajectory, like they've been, it's like you were saying about like their PR, like it's kind of annoying to watch at times, but you can't deny MLS is always out there with their with their PR and social media and the brand has been getting out. And I think this is just going to take us to the next level. Um, you know, people always say like one day, like soccer is going to be like huge here. And like, you know, we're not there yet, but we're working towards it. I think with this messy MLS move, Copa America, the club world cup coming to the U S in a couple of years and then the world cup being hosted here. If it's not going to happen like within these four years, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Honestly, like the time is now for soccer in America. One thing I have to say that I can't just like can't take the credit away from Messi and like the like how amazing he is and like the goal he scored. But <laughs> have you like read anything into like the goalkeeper that he scored that free kick on? No. So his name's Andreas like Gudinho, and there's <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about how this guy's like basically like a semi professional like soccer player because he's like their second string goalie, and like I've seen a lot of people talk about how he actually like works part time at McDonald's outside of being a professional <laughs> soccer player. <laughs> that sounds fake to me, man. That sounds like something a Euro snob would comment on an MLS video. Messi squaring against McDonald's hamburger goalkeepers. <laughs> in our mickey mouse league i saw i saw a tweet that i really liked and it said like congratulations to cruz azul for being like in like the clip that's probably going to be shared like in every mls commercial for like the next 15 years just messy drilling a free kick yeah yeah i mean obviously i don't know if i believe those claims but i do think it's really funny to like think (laughs) about just this guy that's just a part-time goalie that just gets just ends up (laughs) I've seen so many clips of people like taking that goal and then like putting like a McDonald's hat on the goalie like as he dives for it. <laughs> disrespecting the goalie, disrespecting McDonald's, disrespecting fast food employees. Oh man. People are too much. For you, where does that rank in all-time MLS moments? All-time MLS moments for me personally, I don't know if you I don't even know if it ranks like top 10. Honestly. For for like for but for the for, league, I guess. I was gonna say, but for the impact that that moment will have, like in the long run, I think it's like top like one or two. Like I think that goal and like him announcing himself in that way, um, I think is gonna be huge. But personally, for like just me as a fan, like watching MLS, not even in top ten, <laughs> dude. Like not even close. Like you see, Tog like Tiago Amada score like a way better free kick against us earlier this year from like way further out. Like that's no no like credit taken from Messi. That's a great free kick. But like just as like a fan of MLS who watches a lot of games and a lot of highlights, and I've seen a lot of goals happen, it's like not up there. But for like the impact and like the you know the gravity of that moment it's definitely like got to be one of the biggest moments in mls i was gonna say that along with like the beckham arrival i think is like 
the only two moments you can really pick from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the cool thing, too, is, I mean, it was only one game, but just from the videos you see of him training, his announcement video, like, presentation, and then just him playing, and after the game, he looks so much happier. Do he, have you seen, like, clips where people compare, like, him just on the bench at Miami or in training versus him at PSG? He looked miserable at PSG, like, especially after the World Cup because people just hated him and like his PSG like teammates just weren't like good fans of him like the fans that like PSG hated him he left their like trophy celebrations early because people were booing him and then you see him like here in Miami just is super happy but can he get three points against the mighty Atlanta United (laughs) maybe maybe but (laughs) you know who he's more happier than for sure he's definitely happier than Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia, who has been hitting the headlines recently with some controversial statements. Dude, he just, I think he saw that, you know, his Saudi Arabia move, and it's kind of gone lower in the headlines since Messi's gone abroad. He needed to, he got that oil money, and he decided he needed to trash some other leagues, probably because they're paying him to do so, but. Do you know exactly, like, what he said? Or, I mean, I've just kind of read, like, the the summaries of it, but... I believe he said something like, he doesn't want to go back to Europe. Europe's lost a lot of quality, except for the Prem. And that Saudi league is better than MLS. That's essentially what he said, but I, yeah. I mean, for those who don't know, that's basically what he said, but... I also wanted to bring up... I was looking this up before we started. He's done this basically every time he's left a league. So in 2009, when he left La Liga, or when he left Premier League to go to Real Madrid, he came out in the press and said La Liga is better than the Premier League. And uh, like uh, Florentino Florentino Perez had made enough signings that had tipped the balance that La Liga is a far superior league. And then he moves to Serie A and he leaves Real Madrid and he does the same thing, praises the quality of Serie A, says it's far better than uh, uh, La Liga, that he doesn't miss Real Madrid, that uh, Serie A is the, you know, one of the best leagues in the world. And then he does the same thing. He leaves again, he goes to Saudi Arabia, and he comes out and, uh, well, he went to the Premier League obviously for a short stint where he did nothing. Um, but then, you know, does the same thing. He, he leaves and then says Premier League is the only elite league in Europe because that was the last one he played in. And then he says that Saudi Arabia is better than MLS, which, I mean, kudos to him for finding a way to always try and spin himself as the best player in the world when clearly isn't it. I think this is why a lot of people like prefer Messi outside of their play. It's just the mentality or the mindset. Or Messi just seems like a much more likable person. He's just a family guy. He's quiet. He doesn't say any of these random statements that to like alienate certain fan bases or people. Whereas Ronaldo, he's always like feels like he's just trying to say these things. He has something left to prove. And it's almost it's kind of funny because I feel like you see the future. It's it's happening like now with these two future like superstars of like Erling Holland and Kylian Mbappe. Like Holland is just a very like keeps his like his self like very calm doesn't say very much about like to the media about anything and then Mbappe is like always in the headlines always wanting to leave always wanting to move 
Little does he know he's going to end up in MLS one day playing for RSL. <laughs> Which one? Mbappe? Both of them. <laughs> they're going to reunite with each other at RSL. So they're going to come off the bench for Chicho Arango and Jefferson Savarino? <laughs> now they're going to be playing there with... Uh, who was the guy we were talking about last week with the crazy tattoos? <laughs> Diego Luna? Yeah. <laughs> that guy looks like such a criminal, dude. Diego Luna down the middle with those two guys flanking him. If he's not out of the league breaking into people's houses by that point. <laughs> that just that guy just screams like you're going to see a headline about him one day like released from RSL. For <laughs> it's just going to be like a picture of an empty stadium with a soccer ball on the pitch and it'll be like, Club statement from GM <laughs> so and so. That's how oh, those things man. are always worded. Anyways, yeah, Ronaldo, stop being so petty, man. Just accept that you're getting paid a lot of money, but you wish that you were uh, in Messi's shoes, and uh, you were over here affecting MLS the same way that he is. Uh, but yeah, with that, you know, with that being said, we had kind of planned on this, but. We wanted to go over our season predictions. It's kind of been it's kind of the halfway point of uh, the season. We kind of want to just touch on a few things that we may have been close on, we may have been right about, and some things that we may have been very very wrong about. <laughs> so uh, why, don't, why don't you lead us off here, Jacob? First thing, me and you both, when we predicted where certain teams would be. Is it even worth bringing up because it was so obviously wrong? But both of us picking St. Louis. Oh, sorry. St. <laughs> Louis City to be dead last, both winning the wooden spoon in our predictions. And now look at them. They're top of the West right now, or they're second place? I think they're top of the West. I believe so, yeah. That, I think, for, I mean, obviously, is our worst prediction. I think second worst is both of us. I had Austin FC winning the West. You had Austin FC in second. I mean, they've clawed their way back up to fifth place, but I don't think they're going to be pushing for a top two spot at all. Another one is I predicted Toronto FC to finish third in the East. (laughs) That's a rough one. That's a rough one. I think I put Toronto ninth, which is a little bit closer to where they're at, but not quite right. Um, You know, other than that, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I have... Dallas, San Jose, Houston, all kind of roughly in the right spot. I was kind of high on their off seasons. RSL and 10th kind of jumps out to me, whereas they're doing solid now. I'm not feeling too good about LA Galaxy in fourth place. (laughs) Yeah, I knew that was a disaster move when she did that. I want to look at also, we picked our season award, individual awards, um... So I picked Lucho Costa for MVP of the year. Who did you pick, Chase? I picked Brenner, who is, is no longer an MLS player. <laughs> <laughs> so looking like a slim chance that he's gonna get a MVP award, considering he didn't even really do much in like his last little stint here. Um, um, but I I believe I did say Brenner with the caveat of him staying in the league. I think so. he said Brandon Vasquez if he leaves. If I'm not mistaken, I don't remember. That was episode. Two, I think that we did that. So that it's been, been twenty weeks ago. It's been a while. Um, I picked Petrovic for goal of the year. Pat Noonan, coach of the year. Um, pretty happy about solid those. picks. I got Gaese. Not a hasn't been bad this year, but you know, 
Orlando hasn't had the results that deserve, you know, him getting it. It's kind of like uh, Steve Clark always had really good performances with the Timbers, but we were never high enough in the table to get him like that goalkeeper of the year spot. Oscar Pereja is coach of the year for me. Not looking like it's going to work out. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how he's still there. It seems like every time I see any of their fans, they just want his head on a silver platter, but then he'll just like barely survive get like sixth or seventh place sweet in the playoffs maybe win a game you know what i'm i'm glad that like that club isn't bowing down to the fans because like he is a great coach for the development of a club like you see what like fc dallas did when he was there like with all their youth prospects coming through um i think if you like trust oscar Perea as a coach and give him that time he'll like turn your club into like a really good like uh what's the word for it? i want to say like a feeder club but like somebody like you know he'll development he'll, yeah you'll provide he'll you know you'll develop good young players and you'll be competitive along the way he might not always develop i don't i don't think he's ever won a trophy as a head coach u.s open cup Did he, last oh, year that's right yeah i and mean yeah i think I, that's his only real i think he won a sh- did he win the shield in dallas or was was he gone by then because they won it in like 2016, they won the double actually, the Shield and the Open Cup. I think he, might he have been was gone. still there. I was think he? he was still there because I think that was right around the time he did the tissue with Caleb Porter. <laughs> yeah, because I remember he went to Tijuana in League MX for like a couple of years or yeah. whatever. Anyways, though, I mean, what are some other ones? Young Player of the Year. I had Juan Mascara uh, of the Timbers kind of a rough pick there because he hasn't been that great newcomer of the year my timber bias is coming out i said evander also has been good but i think he's going to be a second season kind of guy yeah i agree um interesting looking back how much you know predictions and everything can change within a year or in about half a year or so but yeah i think that kind of wraps us up like we said it's gonna be a shorter episode today just our just our predictions i didn't i didn't plug them in yet but i'm gonna i found three games that i i think are gonna be interesting all right and I'm, we're just gonna do this live okay all right hit me with it chivas and fc cincinnati playing i'm going cincy two nil I'm also going to go Cincy, but I'm going to go 3-1. Respect, respect. Portland Timbers and Tigres. 2-0 Tigres. 4-1 Tigres. <laughs> that's a rough that's a rough showing. I love Portland's been playing better, but I would love to see them, you know, do a classic Timbers and buy in and have a classic cup round performance, but Tigres is, I think, the best team in Liga MX, the reigning champions. So it's fair. Last one. This one is really interesting to me. St. Louis City and Club America. That's a massive that's, game. That's going to be a chaos game. That's going to be nuts, dude. That's Jared Stroud is going to be flying all over the pitch, screaming at all the Club America players, and the crowd's going to get into it. I'm excited for that game. I. And I don't know. I feel like I almost feel like like Club America is going to underestimate what they're walking into. I don't think 
Purina Stadium? I I don't think they really understand like what that atmosphere is like there. I mean, obviously they play like probably in some pretty crazy atmospheres down in Mexico, but I don't think they understand that atmosphere. And then also like the level of play that St. Louis has and like their press is just insane. So honestly, for me, it comes down to the like how much St. Louis is going to prioritize this competition which I think they go all out. I think they go all out as well, and I, that's why I, I'm going to go with a 2-0 St. Louis win. Wow. I'm going 3-0 America. That's a rough one. I think I think St. Louis is going to go at them, dude, and I, I don't think America is going to be ready. <laughs> Jared Stroud and Tim Parker. Dude, imagine Tim Parker just bossing Barking in the back you. line. <laughs> That's gonna be awesome. That's gonna be an awesome game to watch. I'm excited to it's watch. It's in St. Louis, so that I think their fans are just gonna be insane in that game. Unlike a lot of places where it'll be a more split crowd because of how popular, I feel like a Club America. Most places they'll go, they'll have a decent amount. Of, St. Louis, I doubt they'll have a. You'd be complete, surprised. You'd, you'd be surprised, so? dude. I I think it'll be. I think there'll still be a decent amount of like Club America fans there. Yeah, but. Because, I mean, you got to think, like, there's a lot of, like, like Mexican immigrants that just go all around the country. And then, like, I, I don't know. I would think, like, any sort of, like, immigrants there who have a chance to watch, like, a Mexican team for, like, the first time ever, like, in the U.S., like, they'd probably just snatch at the opportunity to go do it. Even if it's not, like, a team from, like, their yeah. hometown or, like, near their area, you know? I think I agree. I think there'll be a lot, but, like... I remember Not the same as like being in like a Texas or like a San Jose or I was going to say I remember watching Champions League games where like Houston will be at home and there'll be like 90% <laughs> like League MX fans. Not and, even a home game, they just don't have to fly somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to do it. That wraps it up. The League's Cup special. Nice and short and sweet. Yeah, I think throughout League's Cup we'll have episodes more formatted like that not covering 25 games you know an episode because there's like four to five games every day almost there is a lot of games which is why we're just gonna actually stop talking about mls and we're just gonna start talking about uh premier league transfer news (laughs) for the next uh month how can arsenal be better they are so good they can't just sign Messi. (laughs) too late we got him that's all right. Thank you guys for listening. As always, this has been Jacob and Chase. Keegan Hughes, come on the show.